foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. This is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzliff. And Janie, we've really established how the culture shapes our worldview. And we talked about the poll of 76% of Christians don't believe that the Bible is a foundational, absolute truth. They believe there's errors in it, and uh, it's a tool for them, but it's not going to be their final standard for their Christian life. Okay, so even if I am one of the 24% that believes that the Bible's true, it's absolute, there's no flaws, I can still allow the culture around me to influence my life if I am not actively working to build a biblical worldview. Absolutely. And we do that so subtly. And and unfortunately, we have a tendency, Sharon, to do the Bible plus. In other words, we accept the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I can go back in history and just talk about Martin Luther. He was accepting the scriptures, but the people that he, of his church that he was uh, in said, but it has to be issued this particular way. So it was a scripture plus. And in today's uh, churches, we, we have uh, many people who accept being saved by grace, but plus you must do this or plus you must do that. And so when you do a scripture plus, no matter how well-meaning, you will find that the plus becomes the functional tool. Oh, okay. It becomes, okay. okay. So if you remember history, Martin Luther uh, saw that uh, you could be saved by grace alone. You didn't have to have the blessings of the church leaders. Right. And he posted his 95-point thesis on the church door. And we know from history that that didn't set well, and he suffered greatly for his conviction, but he saw that grace was there. Now, he didn't give us a full recovery, but he did change the course of the Christian world because he went back and said, I believe if he said it was sola scriptatoria, which means scriptures alone. Okay. For you to be saved by grace through faith. And he found that in in Ephesians um, 2, 8, and 9. So at this point in time, we need to be aware that even if our hearts are right, our motives are right, that we can still be trusting, and I want to use this carefully, the Bible plus what the preacher says. Okay. So the Bible plus my denomination. Well, okay. Thank you. That's a better way of saying it. Yes. And and I'm not here to to scrutinize, advocate, or anything any denomination. I'm just saying we as individuals go to church to learn. But what happens if the day happens in our nation, like has happened in many countries of the world, where your churches are burned? You don't have a pastor because he has been annihilated and you are left with certain pages from the Bible. And that's all you've got for your Christian life. Mm. That's happening in a good portion of the overseas world today. 
the fact that we can still go out and buy a Bible of your choice and the translation of your what you believe is the closest mm-hmm. to the original is a gift that we take for granted. Okay. We, okay. okay. I know when living overseas, the hunger for the Word of God, they would get a New Testament and they would literally tear out pages and give pages to each person so that they would memorize those few pages and then they would circulate the pages and commit them to memory because they had one Bible for a a congregation of maybe a hundred people. And we don't appreciate the blessings that we have had in this nation. And that may one day be taken from us. So we have to recognize that we want to hold to just scriptures. And there are additional tools. Well, many times we substitute the Bible with other books, other writers, other authors that we think are renowned. Well, and I I have to tell you, I have learned an awful lot about history in the Bible from people who uh, went to seminary and spent four years learning about history that sharing my life has not afforded me to those expertises. So there are certain theologians and teachers that I would say I use to augment the scriptures. But when we substitute a, a daily devotional for our Bible time, that really isn't getting us any depth. <laughs> and you have an excellent point, And I just want to give you one liner. A scripture a day will not keep the devil away. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. That makes good sense, right? All right. Now, the Lord knew that. So the strongest message in the whole New Testament, and that's Revelations 2 and 3. Those letters represent seven different types of churches. And so in that passage, everyone should know those churches and their strengths and their weaknesses, because each one of them had a form of a biblical worldview, but each one of them in their biblical worldview still had blindness that the Lord had to address, except for two churches. One was the church that was suffering and going through persecution, and the church at Philadelphia did not get a correction, but they were the ones that were seeking for the deeper truths and holding to the word, all right? But we see a deterioration as those churches go through the admonitions they're getting. And the church at Laodicea, which is probably the church age that we are dominant in right now, thought they had need of nothing. Mm. They were yeah. they were happy with the way they were. They called themselves a church, but they didn't live like the church. Okay. So we can learn much from that compromise. And unfortunately, we have been schooled and our seminaries have schooled our our preachers coming out to make salvation almost like it's the ultimate gift. And after salvation, then you just struggle with your nasty flesh for 60 or 70 years. And then you go home to heaven and everything's great. But that's not what the Bible teaches. But I have talked to so many different godly people who love the Lord and asked them what is in their life after justification. And here's what they tell me. Well, then I just go out and serve. And as I serve, then I learn. Well, I don't believe that's what the scriptures teach. Okay. And so you you learn to be compromised in satisfaction. And then the enemy helps you with feeling very complacent and satisfied. With your service. Yes, yes. And so you serve in the flesh, but we need to do what the Lord says. And he says, seek those things that are above because you are seated at the right hand of God positionally in Jesus Christ. 
if you then be risen above. But Sharon, now I'm gone in almost to a different subject because a lot of Christians are very foreign in their understanding of what it means to seek those things that are above, which would be a resurrected life. So they live a mixed biblical world view. They have truth, but they are not settling for the truth that Jesus Christ gave his life for. So then church becomes a duty. Or it becomes a social gathering. A social gathering. Okay, It's a social gathering. And you would be surprised in this uh, time and age when together outside of something that's comfortable is very risky and very, in many cases, very revolting. And so the church becomes a place of refuge, which is good, but it becomes a place of social comfort. Okay. All right. So we need to be real careful there. And one of the ways that we can start off is to go back to Psalms 19, because it tells us what the scripture is really going to do for us. And it talks about the law of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The statutes of the Lord are right. And in each one of these, it's doing something to help us develop a world biblical view. Uh, The law of the Lord converts the soul. The testimony makes wise the simple. The statutes make the heart rejoice. The commandments enlighten the eyes. And then it goes on down and says, Now, Lord, who can understand my errors? Cleanse me from secret faults Mm -hmm. and keep your servant back also from presumptuous sins. So the author of Psalms 19 knew that there were things that even after looking at the statutes and the testimonies and everything, that he did not want to be coming from behind and not having the full measure of what these statutes and things provided for him. So then he says, show me where I'm blind. Show me where I'm settling. And then he says, don't let those things have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgressions. So let the words of my mouth. Oh, here we are. Back Uh to our senses again. Uh The words of the mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So do you see how the heart and the words just dovetail with what we talked about recently about social media and listening to the words because Uh it tells you about the heart? So that's one way we can rise above what we are hearing and ask the Lord to take the responsibility to reveal. Well, and that's also a way that we can examine our own hearts, you know, listen to ourselves in our conversation and see what we're speaking. And that would allow us to say, "Okay, God, I know there's something not right in there because of how I'm talking. (laughs) And so, you know, reveal those things to me that I may repent and get my heart clean with you. And then I've got to tell you from just personal confession, I've prayed those prayers more than once. And he is so faithful. Yes, he is. <laughs> to show you what you have asked for. And Sharon, it hurts so much. We are devastated. I, I can just be totally undone. How could I have been so blind when my heart was so seeking? And that's when he teaches me a new lesson in his grace is sufficient for all. All right. And then that response causes me to just fall in love with him all the more because he had my backside covered when I didn't even know it needed covering. And his his timing is perfect. The faithfulness, even when I wanted to be faithful, but I wasn't. 
Well, I tell you, God is always at work, even when we don't see His hands moving. And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.